Book genres are so 20th century. No, 19th century. They made sense when each book needed to be placed on a physical shelf so people could find similar titles. But what if you want to find a vampire romance, a post-apocalyptic comedy, a Western mystery where the main character is an android, a World War II adventure with magic, or a story based around a character of any race or religion or gender, set in any time or any place you choose. Scribble now brings searching for books into the 21st century, even if you're looking for one set in the 17th. Find the books you'll love by selecting the story elements that matter to you at scribble.com. You'll never look for books the same way again. Search by story elements only at scribble.com. That's S-C-R-I-B-L dot com. Chapter 16 But who prays for Satan? Who, in 18 centuries, has had the common humanity to pray for the one sinner who needed it most? Mark Twain You call us Iroquois because that is what our enemies called us, Grandfather said as they drove along. We call ourselves Hodenosani, people of the Longhouse. He told them that he wished only to be called Grandfather because of his grandson's death. He needed no other name until the evil was banished from this place. He had been talking about his tribe and his culture since they left the library. Most of it Francine never knew. We are six nations together under one government. It has been that way since Hiawentha and Deganawida brought peace to this land. Our government was strong, lawful, and wisely run many years before the white man came to this place. I am Oneida, people of the Standing Stone, one of the six nations of the Haudenosaunee. Grandfather, Francine said, is this killer an Oneida? She had been waiting for the right moment to ask what Grandfather thought of the killer. Yes, you know who he is, Gary Connors. Jerry was right, Mark said. He told me this morning that he thought it was Gary. How do you know him, Francine asked. His parents were of our clan. Their names were John and Abel. They did not have white last names because their parents were killed soon after they were born and both were raised by other family members. Gary is from our reservation, although he has not lived there since he was very young. What happened to him? I mean, do you know why he's so angry at us? Francine asked. Grandfather looked out at the rainy windshield for a long time before answering. Some knew his parents. They died when he was young. He spent most of his youth in an Indian boarding school. That's why he ended up in our school, 
I remember him. Most of the other kids made fun of the Indians when they came to our school. It was really bad the way we treated them. Again, Grandfather stopped and looked like he was mesmerized by the rain outside. Terrible things happened there. Gary's sister was beaten to death by a teacher there when he struck her with a board in the head for speaking our native tongue. Gary was abused by someone who had desires for young boys. It was my grandfather, wasn't it, Mark said. That's why my parents died. That's why no one ever talked about it. Yes, it was Bradley Lalo, your grandfather. He did that to many, many Indian boys in the school, including myself and my son-in-law. He was John's father. Was, Francine began, but was afraid to ask. Was John abused too? No, they closed the schools before he was of an age to go. I would have never let them take him. My daughter, I hid, by getting a family outside of town to take her on as a maid when she was very young. They treated her well until they closed the schools. Then she came back, but she met John's father, and his anger was like that of Gary's. He drank too much and never could keep a job. He killed himself. God damn it! Mark bashed the dashboard of Grandfather's truck. My fucking family, so fucking typical, isn't it? No one said anything. Francine stroked his shoulder, but his muscles were hard to her touch. I should have known all this, Mark said. My aunt kept me in the dark about everything. Just like the Lalos not to talk about anything. That's why it never got better. Everybody's afraid of the Lalos. No wonder why we're a bunch of thick fucking bastards. It's not your fault, Francine whispered. It's not you. What if it is? What if I'm just like them? It's in the fucking genes. It is not, Grandfather said. I see that you are different. Your name should not be a stigma. It is a chance to change. Make it better. How? Mark was clearly angry. How can you say that? What are you guys doing here anyway? You should have left this place years ago. All the shit we put you through... Go live on one of those big Oneida reservations owned by Syracuse or something. It is not that easy. Why not? Francine asked. Why not just go? My ancestors are here. They lived here. They died here. My own grandmother's bones are buried here. How can I leave her bones? How can I leave my mother's bones? I would rather crawl into a hill or a rabbit hole and die than leave this place. We Oneida are not like you. We cannot leave this place so easily. The spirits of our ancestors walk the woods between the rivers. They stroll the roads between our homes. I am never alone because they walk with me. I can never sell the bones of my ancestors or the spirits of my children. My body may try to leave, but my own spirit will refuse and I would die before I walked a mile from my house. They bumped along the muddy trails leading to the reservation. The way they approached, there were no homes. All the structures looked like formal meeting places. Longhouses are rayed out from a center with a large stone set in the middle of a circle. A large pine tree was planted near the stone. This is where we meet to discuss important matters. Usually this place would be filled with people. As you can see, the weather has forced us indoors. We will meet in that longhouse. He pointed toward the largest wood building. They parked away from the buildings, almost in the trees. There were no other cars around. He asked them to follow as they made their way into the longhouse. Francine was excited. 
Never had she been on the reservation. And this was a place that, simple as it looked on the outside, she knew how so much history. It seemed astonishing to her that she'd never bothered to even learn about the Oneida, much less visit them on their land. They stopped outside the doorway. Inside are the sachems of the Oneida, Grandfather said. They came from miles away to be here to help. Though it's been forgotten, we helped the Americans fight for independence when our brother nations chose to side with the British. We made pacts with them for peace. We still wish to live in peace with the white men. We do not want this killer out there. He does not speak for us. He'll kill without discrimination. He killed my grandson. The Satyrs may look quite serious, but do not be frightened. They know why you are here. They want you here, but you must now cast away all prejudice. Your mind must embrace what you will see in here and what we do. Do you understand? Francine nodded and assumed Mark did the same in his silence because Grandfather immediately let them inside the dark, smoky room. It was hot. In the middle, a large fire burned. Holes in the ceiling dripped from the rain seeping in. All around were Oneida. They were dressed in skins and feathers. Against the walls, which spread out over sixty feet or more, stood men in crazy masks. They were all silent. Grandfather held a headdress out to them in one hand and a small featureless doll in the other. This is my kastawa. The feathers are turkey feathers. My grandson used to tell me to get new ones because they are so old, but the magic is strong in these feathers. They came from a very fat and delicious bird. Francine smiled and then covered her mouth. What's that? she whispered. This is a no-face doll. My wife made it for my grandson when he was a baby. I carried it when he was in prison to remind me that at one time he was innocent and he can be innocent again. Francine was overwhelmed. She felt tears fall across her cheeks. He is, she said. Follow me. He took them to the center of the room near the fire. The smoke was thickest here, but it didn't seem to burn her eyes. Sit. They did so, cross-legged. Drums beat slow and the men chanted low. There was a sound like rain inside the longhouse, but Francine quickly realized it was the sound of many shaking rattles. Those are our turtle rattles. They are most sacred. Today we will invoke the spirit of the turtle to understand what may awaken him. A turtle, Francine asked? A turtle, Grandfather whispered. If he is awoken, then his anger will peak. If we wake him now, then won't that be like the same thing and still make him angry? Mark asked. The turtle is wise. He knows the difference. Now be quiet. Let the shamans work. The drums and the rattles continued for some time. Darkness enveloped them. Francine struggled to see the fire through the smoke. She wondered if it was safe. If this place wasn't going to burn down and kill them all. This was a place that she knew very little about, and it made her nervous and ashamed. Why hadn't she learned more about the neighboring Oneida living next to her? It was sinful. She knew so much about the relatively short history of Canyon Park, but almost nothing about the Oneida. It occurred to her as being odd that she never bothered to read or study anything about them. Suddenly, it was a blackness in her soul that she had been so narrow in her eternal search for knowledge. She began to wonder if there was anything in her library about the Oneida. There had to be. There just had to be something. She had spent her entire life gaining knowledge, 
priding herself on her intellect. Her thirst to know and understand the world was what drove her through the dark, questioning times. It crashed through her mind like a charging animal, tossing around the established dogma of her life. Was she just like the others in town that she always felt a notch above because she thought of herself as so open-minded? Was she still just a product of a small town with a small mind to match? She glanced at Mark sitting next to her. He had escaped this place just like her brother. All her life she'd felt that they'd abandoned her and she'd become better somehow by staying. Her knowledge and the noble endeavor of keeping up the library would equal their experiences out in the world. Yet, in all that time, there was an adventure right next door to her in this reservation, and she never bothered to look. Ignorance and prejudice ran deep within her, and she never knew it, even denied it. It turned her perception of herself and her place in the world upside down. At the same time, she felt like she was being reborn into a larger world, and as a much better person. Very long ago, the earth was deep beneath the waters. A female voice, not unlike an old woman telling a bedtime story, began to speak. The drums and rattles undercut her narration. No sun or moon or stars existed yet. Only the water creatures lived in the water, like the loon and the muskrat. Above the earthly waters was heaven. The great spirit resided there in bliss, until one day he uprooted a great tree and peered down to the watery earth. The great spirit blessed the watery earth. His daughter fell through the hole in the sky. She drifted down. When the creatures below saw her brilliance falling to them, they made a great effort to save her. The flying creatures glided her down slowly, while the swimming creatures tried to bring soil up from the bottom of the water to catch her. After failing many times, the muskrat sacrificed himself by swimming further down than any creature ever and grabbed a clawful of earth. He was selfless and gave his life for the good of the great spirit's daughter. The rest of the creatures summoned a great turtle and patted the shell with the soil that the muskrat still clenched in his claw, even though he was dead. The turtle grew to encompass the known continent. Swans led the falling daughter to the earth, where she died, giving birth to twins, one good and one bad. The bad twin was so anxious to be born, he could not wait for the good twin, and he escaped through the side of his mother's body. The good twin used his mother's body to create the stars and sun and moon. The rest of her he buried in the earth to make it fertile. Everything the good spirit created, the bad spirit tried to undo. Finally, the good spirit challenged the bad spirit to a duel with thorns. When the good spirit triumphed, he buried his brother in a cave and forbade him from coming back to earth. The bad spirit still was able to send his servants to do his bidding. In all of us, there lies a good and bad heart. We are all like the twins, with both battling inside us. At times, the good spirit comes out, and in others, the bad spirit comes out. We must always struggle to keep the bad spirit under control. If a man is good, he still possesses some evil in his soul. If a man is evil, then there may yet be some good within him. And ever it shall be. After a long time of just drums and rattles, the noise all stopped. Someone said, 
She is wise. Francine's heart beat so loud she was sure everyone could hear. The drums began again to beat along with her. The rattle shook, no longer continuous, but like the rushing of blood after each pulse. So the world rests on the back of a great turtle. No wonder we don't want to make it angry, she thought. That is right, Grandfather whispered, though she still could not see him. She looked up, and there above her was the wrinkled face of a giant turtle. His back stretched out for many miles. His face was as big as the sky. He spoke with Grandfather's voice. Watasatala tells him what to do. He is in a great battle with the good and bad spirit. This disturbs me very much. Who is it? An Oneida boy from the Turtle Clan with the white man's name of Gary. I know him. Why does he do it? The turtle grimaced. He was treated unkindly by the white man, and now the burden he carried has broken his heart in two. The bad spirit has taken over his body. Why are you angry? I am not angry yet. However, this boy is very angry now. His anger is of all the Oneida, all the Hodenosani people. They will become infected by the bad spirit, and with that strength, the bad spirit will infect my heart, for my heart is as all the first people. What can we do? The great spirit must take him home, but the bad spirit hides the Milky Way from the boy's sight with clouds and rain. You must bring him to the sky path. That will take him to the great spirit. I don't know how. The turtle backed away, revealing the longhouse roof. It is lucky that the good spirit sent you friends. The turtle disappeared through the hole. The rain dripped down again. The fire was out and the longhouse was silent. She looked around. Everyone still looked up to the place where the turtle's giant face had been. I don't fucking believe it, Mark said. It was a fucking turtle. What's a Watasatala? Francine asked. It's an Oneida word, Grandfather said. It means television.
been listening to Erosion by Lon S. Cohen. To find out more, please visit www.coincide.blogspot.com. This patio book is a production of Zilco Studios. <laughs> this production is a production. <laughs> okay. Thank you.